This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Folks, I'm narrowing my choices down to five on the Republican side for the nomination for the next president of the United States. Welcome to the program. You know, my narrowing down the field, by the way, I'm fresh off the debate held uh, this past week in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, my hometown. I was in attendance. I did get to meet uh, several of the candidates backstage and wish them well. Uh, I have said, as you know, uh, keep your powder dry. One of the reasons is I, I hate to see a dismount and in, in uh, disappointment when we're going to have to rally at the end behind one individual. It's okay if you're on a horse now. Keep riding it. But I'm just saying for those of you who haven't uh, gotten on a horse, um, stay patient. Okay. But I'm going to tell you what, what five I've narrowed mine and mine is just an opinion. I'll go through and, uh, and talk about the strengths and uh, weaknesses of those five, those five later in the program. Where I want to start today is uh, a recurring theme in the American ghetto in the United States. I know there are people on the left, you lefties, uh, who are listening today, and it's a growing number, and that's good. All right, when you talk, you want people listening, tuning in. But the uh, left likes to cleanse the language. I will not do that. I will not be bullied into accepting political correctness. You will not control my language, lefties. You will not control my speech, you progs, or as they like to refer to themselves, progressives. The progs, by the way, they hate that term, so use it often. But the American ghetto is a mess, and uh, I think it's been exacerbated under uh, this president, Barack Obama, who had a chance to come in and really make this country go to the next level of greatness. It is a great country. Instead, we have retrogressed under this president who has incited Americans against Americans. The Republic is in crisis right now. Obama has pitted the poor against the rich. He's pitted blacks against whites. He's pitted illegal immigrants against American citizens. He's pitted women against men. It is a hot mess right now. But I'm one of those that believes uh, we, we, we come to defining moments in our history. Those moments challenge us as a republic. It happened during the revolution. It happened during the Civil War. It happened during two world wars. It happened during Vietnam, the tumultuous 60s. It happened during the economic fallout. And it's happening again. But this is a resilient country. We'll survive. We'll come out stronger. But we'll only come out stronger if we're willing to fight back. 
and beat back these subversives who are trying to bring this republic down. And that is their goal, by the way. Don't let anybody kid you. I'm taking a lot of flack for uh, saying that, but I don't care. Remember, these are my thoughts. I'm entitled to my thoughts. I will hold your hand if necessary and walk you through, connect the dots as to how I come to my positions. Unlike the left, which just throws out emotional slogans, tax the rich. They never make a coherent thought, an intellectually based thought. And when they get into trouble, when you face them with their nonsense, they resort to personal attacks. So it happens to me continually. I'm not deterred by that nonsense. But getting back to the American ghetto, and I said that it is, uh, it's a shame. The cultural dysfunction, the cultural isolation, the cultural stuntedness brought on by modern liberalism. Conduct without borders. Modern, liberal, modern liberalism makes excuses for questionable lifestyle choices. Modern liberalism celebrates black underachievement. Modern liberalism blames everything on the legacy of racism and discrimination. That is a lie. So I come across this opinion piece in the Chicago Sun-Times. And it's an example, and I'll add some comments in it as I read it. It's not that long. It's from Laura Washington. It says, on Thursday, near a gritty alley in Auburn Gresham, Chicago's top cop declared it was probably the most abhorrent, cowardly, unfathomable crime that I have witnessed in 35 years of policing. Yeah, that's the same Gary McCarthy, the superintendent, who got into bed with President Obama on this mass prison release. He sided with the criminals. He made excuses, blamed the criminal justice system because he has no answers. He works for a mayor who says the cops have gone into a fetal position. When they've been under attack. Back to the opinion piece. Police Superintendent Gary McCarthy stood at the podium, stooped, aggrieved. A battle between two major gangs led to the murder of Tyshawn Lee, who was lured to that alley, McCarthy said, and executed in retribution. Quote, when you've done what you did to a nine-year-old, there's a place for you, and there's no humanity in that place. A visibly emotional, Rahm Emanuel said, that's all we get is emotional rhetoric. If he supported his cops in Chicago, Chicago's finest, if he gave them the resources, if he pushed back against a criminal element and made it clear he's on the side of law-abiding victims and the police, and he will back the police as long as they act reasonably, And as long as they act within the confines of the Constitution, he will back the police. But no, better to side with the criminals to score some cheap political points. Back to the story. Quote from Emmanuel. This has grieved hearts and touched hearts across America, as it should. But it's got to do more than touch us, said the Reverend Michael Flager, pastor at St. Sabina Church. They were exhorting, pleading, begging. 
Flegger begging the coward executioner be exposed. McCarthy exhorting gang-banging mutual combatants to end the warfare. Emmanuel pleading that the people in his community have a moral responsibility to come forward. Let me stop there. That's part of the cultural dysfunction that I talk about in the black community. And it's not the black community at large. But it's a growing number. Don't cooperate with the police. Don't be seen talking to the police. Let me add this point about this body cameras. And I've raised this point. It's the law of unintended consequences. There's already a no snitching culture in the black community. There's retribution if you're seen cooperating with the police. If you agree to be a witness to a crime. And it scares and intimidates good law-abiding black people into cooperating with the police. And so now the cops got a camera running, putting this potential witness to this crime on Front Street. But nobody thought, oh, let's let's just put cameras on the cops and and, and roll them 24-7. And I said, slow down, take our time, and let's get this right. But now we had to rush ahead, right? That was the panacea. Body cameras on all police officers. Well, here, it's a classic example. They didn't think this through. Well, what about this? It's going to scare potential witnesses. What are we going to do about this? I'm not saying that's a reason to not put body cameras on cops. I'm saying we didn't think this through. We're going to continue this in the next segment. The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at theblaze.com slash radio. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. I want to continue with this opinion piece from the Chicago Sun-Times, written by Laura Washington. It's about the killing, the execution of a nine-year-old kid in Chicago, black kid. Gang warfare. Although the black lies, L-I-E-S, I want to make that clear so people don't think I'm saying black lives. It's black lies, matter movement, nowhere to be found. You want to blame the police instead. That's the straw man. We've become the straw man in this whole thing. And as you know, I've been fighting back. In defense of the honor, the character, the sacrifice, the integrity, the service of the American police officer. And I will continue to do so with fervor. I'm more motivated now than ever with the pushback I'm getting from these subversive groups whose real intent is to bring down this legal, constitutional republic. So back to this opinion piece here. Nine-year-old kid lured into an alley and executed. We're hearing from a local pastor down there, prominent one, Rahm Emanuel, Gary McCarthy. So the opinion piece goes on to say, as I watched and listened to it all, 
on TV reports and online narratives, I noticed the loudest voices calling for an end to the slaughter came from whites. Pause. Yeah, those racist white people. They don't care about blacks. As Joe Biden said, they'll have y'all back in chains. She noticed that the loudest voices calling for an end to the slaughter of black people came from whites. Back to the piece. White voices asking that we save African-American children. Flagger, McCarthy, and Emanuel are passionate about ending the raging street crime that has turned Chicago neighborhoods into war zones, as they should be. She means, you know, that they're passionate about Look, Passion is only going to take you so far. Where's the action? Show me some resolve, Emmanuel and McCarthy. What are you willing to do about it? Yeah, it's neat to stand up in front of a press conference in front of what the cameras will express your sympathy. I say save your sympathy. Show me some action. Back to the piece here. Laura Washington asks, where are the black voices? The same day Tyshawn was murdered, 20-year-old Kaylin Pryor, an aspiring model, was shot to death just blocks away. A 15-year-old boy was also shot. Someone in a car opened fire, police said. Thousands of other black children and youths are held hostage to warfare on the south and west sides of Chicago. They cannot walk to the bus stop, cannot play outdoors, cannot step out on the porch without fear of murder, even execution. They cannot live. Chicago has become known as the nation's ground zero of black on black warfare. The gangbangers gang, gang are running the streets. Black lives don't matter to them, Laura Washington opines. Thank you, Laura Washington, for your courage and insight. We need a plurality of voices coming from black leaders like myself. We can't just have a few because that gives these progs fewer people to have to come after to try to destroy and drown out our voices with the name calling. Sellouts were called. Laura Washington will be called. Oh, she's going to face hell for this opinion piece. She probably already is. I don't know how you call a woman an Uncle Tom, but they'll, 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 they'll come up with some kind of name. Look what they did to Condoleezza Rice, right? Aunt Jemima. That filth from this slime. Back to the opinion piece here. But where's the black leadership in this town? Where are the moral voices? Where's their outrage? Where are their demands that the slaughter cease? Pause. First of all, she's right in that this has to come from black leadership. But we don't get black leadership. In the American ghetto. We get people who sympathize with this nonsense. That the criminal justice system is racist. The white cops are killing, systematically killing black men, pointing them out for execution. That's what we get from people like Elijah Cummings. And others. That's what we get. That's the leadership, the dysfunctional political leadership in the American ghetto, commiserate. And here's another thing. You can't just call for 
an end to the violence. I'm tired of that. Stop the violence. End the violence. We're pleading with you to stop. They're not listening. The criminal element does not care what you think. You must crush the criminal element. Metaphorically, what does that mean? Instead of de-incarceration, round them all up, give them their due process, and lock those idiots away for the longest period of time allowable by law. Back to the opinion piece. Those voices roared for change during the civil rights movement. They made history. She's talking about the black voices. Yeah, that's when we had we had real leadership in the black community. We don't have that anymore. Today, those voices are nearly silent, she says. Chicago is a city full of accomplished, smart African-American leaders, preachers, politicians, business leaders, educators, union and community activists with power and standing. Charismatic figures, marquee names, time-worn podium thumpers. They know how to command the microphone, dominate the headlines, get up in our faces. Laura Washington asks, where are they? Yeah, where are they? Because when Tyshawn Lee was killed, a nine-year-old black kid, they can't blame Whitey for this. They can't blame the white police officer for this. They can't blame racism Discrimination. They can't blame slavery on the death of Tyshawn Lee. That's why they're silent. They're a one-trick pony. Back to the piece here. How many more black little boys and girls must die before those leaders, she has in quote, begin to question and demand? Here's a script they could follow. Why aren't these war zones being flooded with cops? That's a question for a manual. Here's another one from her script. Why not put millions of tax dollars into crime fighting and gun control? We can argue about the gun control aspect of this some other day. Here's another question she asked for a script. When will black Chicago stop accepting its own self-destruction? That's the cultural dysfunction that I talk about. These are self-inflicted pathologies. This is not the result of slavery and racism and discrimination, too many black people have become participants in their own disenfranchisement. Here's another question she asks. When will we admit that black lives don't matter to us? Oh, wow. When are we going to stop waiting for white people to beg us to change? That's how she ends it. This is powerful. And it made it into the Chicago Sun-Times, but it didn't make it much further. And Tyson Lee should have been a household name in America instead of Darren Wilson, and instead of thugs and crooks and criminals and creeps like Mike Brown, like Eric Garner, like Freddie Gray, and like thousands of others. Black people, thousands of others, who are killing other black people. Coming up, we're going to talk more on this, uh, some more evidence out that uh, the black lies 
matter is just that lies. David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. America WK with your host, Andrew WK. There are these moments when you are compelled to do things that defy your own logic, that defy your own taste, that defy defy your own preferences. You wind up doing things that you don't like to do, and yet you like doing them almost because of it. America WK, Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon on the Blaze Radio Network. To David Clark, the People's Sheriff. So we're talking about the dysfunction in the American ghetto, specifically the city of Chicago. Here's some headlines that, that came out just in the last few days. Man shot in West Garfield Park. Man shot during far far south side robbery attempt. Nine wounded in Chicago shootings Tuesday. Man found shot to death in West Pullman. We have no idea how prevalent this is in the American ghetto all across the United States. Yet we continue to focus on the few instances of legal intervention by a police officer where they have to use deadly force to protect their life or somebody else's. We are working on the wrong thing. The media, the liberal mainstream media, and there's some conservative uh, outlets as well, have led us astray. They've distracted us. We've allowed them to take our eye off the ball. This is the problem in America. The violence, the black-on-black crime in the American ghetto is a problem in America. Police use of force is not a problem in America. So, you know, the stuff, and it's being propped up by this Black Lies subversive movement that continues with the, the mythology about the American police officer, the lies, the propaganda about the American police officer. Quentin Tarantino shows up at some rally in New York. A day after an NYPD officer Randolph Holder was shot and killed by a black suspect. Shot in the head. They didn't have the decency, this group, an offshoot of Black Lives Matter. They didn't have the decency to call it off and say, let law enforcement bury one of their own first. Out of human decency, we can have our demonstration anytime we want. And they came up with some lousy excuse that, well... We already had it planned, and uh, it was just unfortunate, the timing. No, it wasn't unfortunate. You people showed your character, Tarantino. So then he went on this this 12-minute rant on MSNBC. He stood up at that rally calling the police murderers. He has no idea what what he's talking about. His own father said... My son is wrong, and he should apologize. Which led me back to one of the Ten Commandments. Honor thy father 
and thy mother, but honor thy father. And on Twitter, by the way, you can follow me at Sheriff Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E. I challenged Tarantino to honor his father out of respect. So Tarantino goes on this rant, and he's reading from notes. I'd like to think that a movie maker would know how to uh, rehearse the script and could do it without having to look down and, and read from notes. But those were talking points handed to him, probably by the DNC. He hit all the, the buzzwords. And he blamed me. He mentioned my name. Tarantino doesn't know who David Clark is. Someone had to tell him, hey, when you're in there, you know, mention Sheriff Clark and Fox News. And he said, and Sheriff Clark, who's always on Fox News. Well, guess what? I reached out to MSNBC and said, I would like to offer a counter opinion to Tarantino's 12-minute rant against the American police officer. And you know what they declined? They said, we're not fans of yours. They said, you've, you've said some uh, uh, uncomplimentary things about MSNBC, which was a lie. I've never talked about MSNBC. I've never watched that network. I couldn't tell you who hosts a show on that network. They are so irrelevant in this thing. Maybe they were flattering themselves by that. I've never talked about MSNBC. I go where I'm asked. I've been on CNN. I've been on Al Jazeera. I was invited on Al Jazeera in a point-counterpoint about gun control. I'll go anywhere I'm asked. So here MSNBC is stifling speech. Well, we're going to quash opinions that don't match up with ours. That's what they were. That was what they were saying to me. No, your, your, your narrative doesn't match with ours. We're not interested in hearing it. Is that what the media has come to? What about the marketplace of ideas, different opinions? These hypocrites hide behind the First Amendment, yet they don't accept the responsibility that goes along with that. My voice belongs in the marketplace of ideas, whether you agree with my positions and opinions or not. I get that at home here with this rag of a newspaper, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Who does the same thing? Stifles my speech. They just snipe at my heels, my ankles all the time, like ankle-biting dogs. They're an annoyance. You know, an ankle-biting dog, he can't maul you to death, but you kind of kick and you're like, get, get, get away from me. They're little needle teeth. So Tarantino... Gets up there and and, and and you know and he was all over the map. You get you got Google it. It's probably on YouTube. He was all over the map. He was incoherent. His thoughts never connected. He kept looking down there. Well, what's the next line? I and he blames Pat Lynch, the head of the NYPD uh, uh, officers union. Got that name in there too. It's pathetic. But the most pathetic part, Tarantino, he's entitled, nobody's trying to squelch his speech. But he couldn't lead you to, he could not substantiate his claims. It was just an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. You know what they say about opinions, right? You know that thing, uh, you know, opinions, everybody, you know, has one. And, and you know that saying? Anybody can have an opinion. Make a claim and substantiate it. In other words, who else thinks this? Where'd you get this from? Can you elaborate a little bit more? Can you prove this? 
with some data and research. Speaking of data and research, the National Review. This is by DeRoy Murdoch. Statistics trump slogans on police killing of black men. Why I refer to it as the Black Lives Matter movement. It says this in part. If, black, if the Black Lives Matter crowd is correct, bloodthirsty racist cops are blasting black men like clay pigeons at a shooting range. The pace of this Ill- alleged slaughter is breathtaking. The Nation of Islam's Nuri Muhammad on October 10th told a 20th anniversary gathering of the Million Man March that, quote, every other day we see a young black man being murdered by the Blue Klux Klan. You see how this dovetail, dovetails of what I just said is coming out of Chicago? Where is this goof on the Chicago violence, black-on-black crime? I believe the Nation of Islam is headquartered in Chicago. See, don't look over there. That's too ugly. Let's let's find a straw man in this thing. Back to the story here. That adds up to 182 such homicides per year. Quote, when we're hearing reports that every 28 hours a black person is murdered by police, it feels like we're in a war, Black Lives Matter activist Cherno Biko told Fox News Channel's Megyn Kelly on a September 4th special on the topic. It feels like we're under occupation. Now, you see the difference between Fox News and MSNBC? Fox News has people with a counter viewpoint. MSNBC will not invite me on for a counter viewpoint. Back to the story here. If it is if that is true, killer cops are rubbing out some 313 innocent law-abiding blacks annually. Rise Up October organized protests in New York City last month. The group complained about the rampant epidemic, epidemic of police murder happening all over the country and asserts that there are over 1,000 people a year killed by police. Wrong. And more than doubly so. We're going to continue this in the next segment. This is David Clark. The People's Sheriff on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. 92% have occurred in gun-free zones. And is this a hate crime? A person of another race slaughtered people of a different race. Add to that, ask them, what is your religion? I don't know, to me, I'm not a specialist in this, but does it suggest to you by its common meaning of a hate crime? Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network On Demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. So we're reading from a National Review article by D. Roy Murdoch on how the uh, myth exists that uh, on the police killings of black men, why I call it Black Lives Matter. So back to his piece here. Dr. Richard Johnson, an assistant professor in the University of Toledo's criminal justice program, examined the latest data from the FBI and Centers for Disease Control from 2003 through 2012, Law enforcement officers killed an average of 429 people per year in legal interventions, not murder, legal interventions. These include a relatively small number of innocent people killed by cops and many more who died due to reasonable use of force. When a bank robber thrusts a loaded Glock into a teller's neck, that's a really good time for the police to kill him, whatever Black Lives Matter may think. But what this controversy sorely needs 
is less emotion and a strong dose of facts. Actual crime data reveal that this movement is based on mythology. Thanks to the Ferguson effect, blistering anti-law enforcement rhetoric and sometimes fatal attacks on police have made cops timid if not terrified. The result? A murder explosion that is ironically killing the very black people who Black Lives Matter claimed to champion. On average, 4,472 black men were killed by other black men annually between January 109 and December 31, 2012, according to the FBI's Supplemental Homicide Report. Using FBI and CDC statistics, Professor Johnson calculates that 112 black men on average suffered both justified and unjustified police-involved deaths annually during this period. That equals 2.5%. Of these 4,472 yearly deaths, for every black man, criminal or innocent, who was killed by a cop, 40 black men were murdered by other black men. The at most 2.5% of the problem generates relentless rage. And yet, it is rude to racist to mention the other 97.5% of the problem. Meanwhile, film director Quentin Tarantino ignited widespread panic when he told an October 24th anti-police rally in Times Square, quote, what I see, when I see murder, I cannot stand by, and I have to call the murdered the murdered, and I have to call the murderers the murderers. Tarantino seemed to uh, point a finger at NYPD, although he now says I never implied that. The supposedly trigger-happy, bigoted NYPD killing a whopping, killed a, a whopping eight people last year, according to its meticulous 73-page 2014 annual firearm discharge report. Of these, four were black. So the cops killed eight black people in legal intervention. Four were black. All of them were armed with cutting instruments. Every one of these eight were were, uh, armed with cutting instruments, respectively scissors, a hatchet, a box cutter, and a knife, and wielded them when they were fatally shot. Rather than NYPD gunfire, the high-profile Eric Garner case involved a police chokehold that may have given the overweight Garner a lethal coronary. Still, these five deaths, at least four of them justified, constitute all of last year's NYPD genocide against black men. They equal 4.95% of Gotham's 101 black-on-black murders in 2014. Other blacks are 20 times deadlier to black New Yorkers than is the NYPD. Just don't say so in public. You see what I mean? More evidence. I'm still waiting for the black lies and, and the liberal mainstream media to produce the evidence that suggests otherwise. You won't find any because it doesn't exist. I want to end the program talking about the presidential primary on the Republican side. Debate, uh, the debate was held in Milwaukee, Wisconsin this past week, my hometown. I was there. And I've narrowed this thing down. It's just my opinion, folks, okay? Five. My five. I got to speak to several of them backstage. And uh, I got to have lunch. The following day, Wednesday, with a small private lunch and about 10 of us with Senator Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, 
and he and I had a healthy exchange. I just gave him my view from ground level. And I know that the debate focused on the economy. People want to talk about the issues, and that's fine. But when you start talking to people and you're listening to hours about marginal tax rates, corporate tax rates, and those sort of things, GDP, I'm not saying that's not important, but people's eyes glaze over. The ordinary viewer, the ordinary voter, here's what they care about. In my view, they want to be able to find meaningful work. They worry about energy costs, the price of a gallon of gas, how much it costs to heat and cool your home. Those are the things, just a few of the things, that the ordinary person really cares about in terms of the economy. With 93 million people out of work, they want to know, where can I find meaningful work? Here's another thing the ordinary person cares about. Am I safe? Am I safe from foreign threats? And am I safe in my own home, in my own neighborhood? Are my kids safe at school? This is what ordinary people care about. And I think it's the first one of these candidates that can connect with the ordinary voter. They're going to win this thing. Right now, you know, they, they no, no pun intended, everyone's cruising at a the 35,000-foot altitude. And that's where jets fly at. About the, the high end of the altitude. That's way away from ground level. You have to connect the American voter. You do not have to connect with the media. You do not have to connect with the Beltway. You do not have to connect with the Washington insiders, the lobbyists, the media elites, editorial boards, you must connect with the American voter. And like I said, here's what we care about. Can I find meaningful work? Can I find cheap energy sources? And am I safe? So I think the police issue is something I'm still waiting for people to, to somebody to grab onto and make it their own. Is it going to decide the election? No, but I'll tell you what. In the end, it may make a difference because the voter may say, this guy gets me. I want meaningful work. If I lose my job, I want to find a meaningful job quickly. I want to be able to heat my home, cool my home, run my computers, refrigerators with cheap energy. And am I safe? Ted Cruz gets that. He and I talked about homeland security issues. We talked about a number of things. But he gets it. He's one of the five. And it's not in this order, folks, okay? Not in this order, one, one to five. I'm just going to throw the names out there. Trump gets us his voters. I don't care what you think about him. He has rocked the boat here. He has done the Republican National Committee a favor. Because he has rocked the boat. He's made it interesting. Otherwise, this would be pretty boring. Say what you want about him. Dr. Ben Carson is a player in this thing. He'd be the third one. Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio is great on the stump. The guy could speak in prose. That's eloquent. That's how you connect with people. 
And finally, Carly Fiorina. I like Carly. Still thinks she brings a lot to this Republican field. And, and do, do yourself a favor. Don't take your eye off Jeb, Jeb Bush. I said five. He's not in that five until that guy's officially out. Keep your eye on him, okay? That's my five. Thanks for joining me today. Good Lord willing. Uh, tune in next week. The People's Sheriff. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Sheriff Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E. God bless you. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network.